Welcome to Sparks and Rhinestones pageant podcast, one of the top UK podcasts for all things pageantry. I am your host, Hannah Golding, founder of Sparks and Rhinestones, and today we are on our 70th episode, 70 episodes of pageantry. Um, I'm so excited for some of the things I have upcoming. I have people to ask, there are people coming on, pageant royalty, pageant experts, because I bet you're all tired of me <laughs> talking for these 70 episodes, especially for those who join the podcast game a little later um, and you listen to all the early episodes and people are like, oh, I listened to this one. I'm like, I cannot remember that. Um, but I'm so excited for the direction of where we are going. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm just so excited. Um, I've been doing a lot of editing this month when it comes to the Ultimate Pageant magazine. I am a sk- <laughs> I think I'm going to go over 100 pages for this um, edition, which means I'm going to download some different software because Canva only allows you to go up to 100 pages. Crazy, right? But I love Canva so much. I mean, if anyone was sponsoring this podcast, it should be Canva. <laughs> I just sponsored my whole pageant journey. Um, speaking of sponsors, um, I have actually paid off my sponsorship for my next pageant journey, which is really exciting. And I have loads of plans. Um, however, I have also recorded my handover for my um, my speech handover for UK's National Miss, which is not long now guys it's not long now we have miss international next month and then we have we do actually have some international pageants happening in june as well because we have the yami finals and then miss university b and pageant girl weekend ah, so <laughs> i'm very excited lots of things to come loads of emotions and i also turn 34 next week and super Beyonce, so swings and roundabouts <laughs> So today's episode um, is actually inspired by the Ultimate Pageant magazine because we are going to be talking about research. Um, research is such an important factor for all of pageantry, all the different aspects. Um, so we are going to be discussing that. And the reason that this idea, and I've talked about this before, like especially like my top tip is to do research, but not just into the pageant system, it's for everything because when you're creating creating a podcast for example creating a platform creating a name a campaign a drive um because you can take inspiration from it or you could be directly copying so this is how to avoid that how to avoid getting to a system that doesn't align with you how to avoid getting into i guess it's hard to say like the wrong crowd in pageantry but like into that wrong mindset because they're there are still things that happen in UK pageantry. There are still um, the cliques, as people would call it, um, where there are some people that perceive themselves higher than others or some certain pageants higher than others. Um, so having this advice to be able to not go in that direction is is really important. Um, because we had a discussion recently well, I say a discussion, we had some comments about the magazine and the magazine is something I'm really proud of. I don't think there's, um, like with the other pageant magazines, we do do stuff differently. Um, you know, especially like some of the debate pieces and informational pieces. It's just that additional extra from just interviews. Um, but the thing is, that's what I personally want to read. Other people would like to read lots of interviews 
um, international queens. Like for us, we just focus here on the UK. Um, every different pageant media format is special in its own way. So when we have, when we hear things that like kind of, we are going to be compared. Always the way. I'm, I'm compared to other coaches, compared to other pageant queens. Like there's always comparison. Um, whenever I think of that, I always think of when... <laughs> When you're on the Apple website and it has like the model of the different um iPhone and you have the description and they're comparing it. That's what I feel like sometimes in pageants. <laughs> um but sorry, I just took my glasses because I'm not actually looking at my laptop. But with this, there was a comment made about how like there's so much copying. And that's why for me as I'm proud, I'm the only one that does this. I'm the only one who edits this that's what I mean like there's only one person that sparkles even though I say we a lot um it's me <laughs> me by myself with my laptop and my phone um that's how this pageant advice business thing <laughs> is run um and it, it just it's funny because if you do your research into like if you were to start your own pageant magazine you would know that it's a massive thing in America there are lots of different outlets for that you could even you know be featured I I mean I was featured on an online blog in America with my um lifetime crown for YMI um and they invite like different things some will have like it online some will be printed when I first got into pageant writing because I used to want to be a journalist amongst <laughs> many other jobs when I was younger I wanted to be a journalist um I actually did my work experience in my local paper um which was an interesting week to say the least um but yeah so I always wanted to to write and I actually ended up writing a few like conversational piece, pieces for Natural Spark magazine this was like 2015 2014 2015 um I used to also at that time write a pageant blog so I think I started writing a pageant blog around 2011 2012 um so when I started Sparkles I would do pageant blogs as well so that's how the first handbook was created because we I correlated all of the blogs I'd written the advice pieces and made it into a booklet and sold that for um for charity. We fundraised a fair bit for Mind and the Laura Hyde Foundation, um, a local charity. Um, so yeah, and then of course, <laughs> the handbook is what it is today. But we won't go into that just yet. Um, <laughs> but we also wrote. So we, I also wrote for Pageant Magazine. I had a column every. I'm trying to think if it was monthly. I don't think it was monthly. Maybe it's every two months. Maybe it's every three months, like how Sparkles is. Um, but yep, I used to write an interview of a Queen's, conversational pieces. Once again, I have my own column. Um, and that was 2018. Um, I remember it because my column was called Princess and the Pea. So writing things about pageants is not a new concept. And this is where research is really important because... If you're going to make statements, you need to back it up with points. Some people do um, pageant magazines to fundraise. Um, same with blogs as well. And some people do like live interviews. Um, you know, um, just off the top of my head, obviously, Crown and Sashes do magazine and live interviews and podcasts is what I think. 
Uh, and then you also have um, Mrs. Galaxy England now, Ariana, She because uh, she's got a new title. She does the pageant diversity at Community Radio. Um, probably butchered that name. But that's a donation for the Christie. Um, I've donated before to other ones. Obviously, our new Miss Galaxy, she used to have... Um, one where you would donate it's a great way of fundraising but also there's no like claim to you know like this is that so really important to do your research with projects with pageants so i'm going to talk about the projects and stuff first before we get into pageantry because some of the pageantry stuff is common sense but when you are creating a project um with your platform it's really important to do some research for example names naming of your project um there has been some instances where there have been really similar names to platforms even exact same name um and it's always the person who had the name first should really get first dibs on whether they change their name or not because i always if i'm looking for like a name um i will search it in the search bar for instagram and for facebook um and see what it is because actually like with sparkles and rhinestones when i was looking for that name <laughs> i searched i searched it up to see if, if it was there nothing was there i think the only thing that came up was like a actual like rhinestone um like shop <laughs> where you could buy it um so i was like okay cool and that's why i say uk as well just so it is definitely like here in the uk um because I remember I did have an instance where someone tried to copy me um, and were messaging people who I'd interviewed before and they obviously sent the interviews over to them because they thought it was me um, and they had this whole, oh, it was such a drama and then I think when they actually changed their name because they actually started to try and blackmail me and I was like, it's an online site, this is back when I don't think I was doing coaching back then either um, I was like... It's, it's not that deep. <laughs> um, I think in the end, with peer pressure, they changed their name to Rhinestones and Sashes. Um, or Sashes and Rhinestones. Something along those lines. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. But it was just like, some people will gain inspiration and some people will do direct copy. And I say this to the names, you have to be really careful. And it has to be something like really unique to you. So my platform is called usual pageant voice um a similar name would be maya which is raise your voice that's another one so you're not going to get them too confused because even though they're very similar we do different things um the same with people who have platforms around mental health or around breast cancer or around you know I can never say that <laughs> basically like trying to save the world um <laughs> but I will like I will hold my hands up and say if I have a name similar or if I like it's similar to the point where people get confused because that's a thing because I've had it before with sparkles because we use the ultimate in our thing so the ultimate pageant handbook the ultimate pageant magazine um you know that's something that we have and and there was a, another um coach that was using that branding as well so i did get some messages like oh i'm really confused with this and that um because with sparkles we're known for a lot of different things but a lot of the stuff we're known for is pageant prep so whether it's advice the podcast or like the handbook and workbook and things we do um so you know that's the main <laughs> the main thing we're known for we also obviously then do the interviews and 
like we have all the other stuff um and the confidence days all the fun stuff with that but we are known for pageant prep so you know that when you come to us like we have the free workbook download with the flashcards you have the handbook and we have like the coaching we have all of that side our podcast episodes are about pageant prep and about all of that what we post on our instagram is pageant prep um you know we are known for that I mean, could be known for other stuff, I'm not sure, but <laughs> that's what we're known for. Um, but I had an incident where our first ever book, which was the pageant manual, um, which was like a workbook slash pageant advice book, um, before we developed into the ultimate handbook you see today. Um, now, the original name I had was actually the name of a online blog which was to do with pageantry, which ha- was dormant. Um, however, that was my mistake of thinking, oh, this is, sounds really good. And then someone's like, oh, oh, this could be that. So we changed it. Obviously, we changed it to the pageant manual. The pageant manual sold for about a year before we then started selling the handbook because, you know, you go from 90, 91 pages to 372 pages. Like, that's a mass difference because some people are like, oh, can I still buy the manual? Girl, the handbook's so much better. <laughs> it's got more information. Um, and that's why we, we made the workbook alongside it. Because um, you will have it, if you're creating projects, there will always be some conflict of interest with other people. People that have similar platforms to you, people that have similar um, ethos and values to you, um, maybe similarity in how your branding is, um, you know, because n- no one owns the colour pink. Yeah, it's such a big colour in pageantry, isn't it? Pink and blue. I think pink and blue are the most popular colours in pageant branding. Um, let me just like look at my sash board now. Like, yeah, there's a lot of blue on there. A lot of pink. <laughs> a lot of pink. Um, and gold. Gold, pink, blue. Big colours in pageants. No one owns those colours, though. Um, so this, the name, is very... Um, very important for when you are hosting a charity pageant um so if you're looking to hold a charity pageant um be careful of your name because if you're taking a name that someone else has as well especially as if you do one-off competitions yeah you may get away with that but if someone has a pageant that runs regularly even if it's a charity pageant non-contracted um people will get confused (laughs) And this is where reputation is so important because, like, if I had, which I will never do, if I had a charity pageant um, with my branding and my naming and then someone else made something really similar and, you know, literally had my name but changed, like, one word. And this is actually a really big theme in UK pageants with their um, national titles. Um, And you'll see it in America as well because I remember an American girl asked me, is UK's National Miss the UK version, like, the UK entry of, um, of American's National Miss? Um, and I was like, no, completely different pageants, um, you know, UK's National Miss only stays in the UK, like, there's no international entry, um, but you'll have it with people when they have, you know, Miss England, and, you know, um, then you can have Galaxy England, and you can have, um, Earth England, Eco England, I don't know if there's England, it's Eco UK, um, Intercontinental England, like, there's so many, like, so many different pageants, um, and that's why, like, branding and reputation is so important to kind of separate those, so even if you're doing a charity pageant, make sure you research a name, make sure it's an extension of you, make sure that, you know, you've 
got it all covered because you don't want it to be, even if it's completely different, you don't want to be in that drama. <laughs> it's not, you don't want to be in it. Don't, don't give yourself extra headache with that. Um, and this is the same with a platform. So Insta live series, if you are choosing to do something with your platform and we will have this discussion of platform is actually one of the pieces in our advice piece in the magazine for June. And we do have podcast episodes on it, but doing more with your platform and just sharing awareness so creating your own infographics creating your own campaigns um yeah own accessories make sure that the name is not a direct copy of someone else's um make sure that it's your own branding make sure that you're comfortable doing it now when i see these interviews there is no <laughs> set format at all well there is and there isn't um if you have when I when we say like you have the exact same questions, you won't be copying people with pageant interviews because let's be honest, the most of the same questions are gonna be asked. Like if what's you know, why did you enter this pageant and what have you been doing? What's your charity and platform, you know, what advice do you have? Like it's gonna be the same. However, what makes these into these Insta Live series different, um same with on Facebook, that is the actual presenter itself that's the person who's going to inject some charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent <laughs> into it. Um, that's where it's going to come alive because, for example, if you have the same questions, and I think this is the same with interviews as well and how you prep, um, you could be exactly the same on paper, yet it's, and give the exact same questions, yet when it comes to reading them, completely different. When it comes to interactions, completely different um so if you're going to do insta live series um it doesn't have to like they might be the same you might just have something that makes it stand out so like i obviously do two different interview series um so i have sparkles and rhinestones where we do lives where we interview pageant guests and that's an open-ended chat so we will discuss your platform and go into depth with that. But we'll also discuss some fun things. You may also do some, you know, some social questions. We always have the fun thing with the flashcards, um, a little self-promotion. Uh, but also, you know, it's a random question to pick out. Is something interesting, is something fun? Is it the same as maybe other people who do their interviews? Yeah, it is the same. Sometimes they have different things. I remember on one thing I was asked 10 different questions um, um, on this thing. Or you may get another one I was asked like this or that. It's something that makes it unique. And you can do that. It doesn't mean it's like sometimes it is going to be the same. And that's why I always say if you are going to do like be interviewed, always space out your interviews. So don't like book all your stuff in at the same time. So do an interview Friday, Saturday and Sunday space them out um I always plan so like for my next journey I think I will be planning to do an interview in the September time maybe August September um and then I'll definitely do one around December because obviously pageant con is in January and then I'll join in as much as like lives as, as I can around my own lives now my own lives you know I'm I'm interviewing someone out, so it's not like, like we have a discussion. But with the platform talks, that's a themed chat. 
So I I want to go, I'm not going like, how did you enter pageants? Why did you do this? It's what is your platform? How are you implementing it? Like, is it needed in pageantry? Like, how can we get involved And in any other questions? So for example, if people talk about climate change, I'm going to ask, okay, so what can we do to this? Like, what are you feeling about this law? Um, you know, recently we've had lots of different discussions, um, whether it comes to like women in sport. And then we talk about, you know, about the rulings that meant with trans women competing and like, it, it's to have these thoughtful conversations, but it's not themed like as in like, oh, pageantry, pageantry. It's like your platform. And that's why I say, don't book in unless you have like a strong feeling for your platform, because we do see it all the time. And once again, there are other podcasts discussing this um, episodes on here, but you need to be doing more than just raising awareness. And these interviews are like a, an aspect of it. So if you have your own interviews with, different, with an exact theme, um, obviously the drawback to it, and it's the reason why like I do have the mental health one as well, which has like four stable questions um, of Queen Chats. Now with this, it is on a hiatus at the moment. I think that's the right word. <laughs> but um, with that, I will pick it up again when I'm in a, a stronger place mentally. But once again, that's a themed one. And also, it depends on, well, so many people are affected with mental health problems. Um, You know, one in four here in the UK. But it's, you're not going to get any interviews every single week. Like, you may go through periods where there won't be as much activity because of the themed subject. Whereas things like what we do at Sparkles is, is a general interview. So no matter what, there's always going to be someone who wants to be interviewed. So with this research, is researching the times. The times are really important. So if someone has a regular time slot and you want to do interviews on that time slot as well, you kind of have to pick and choose. Like Insta Lives can be very interesting sometimes you'll have a few sometimes you'll have loads but also insta lives the best way to go for uploading video content longer than 15 minutes on um instagram because they don't allow that anymore um so you have to have 15 minutes if you're doing a pre-loaded interview however if you're doing live you can go for a lot longer um and you can have up to four people on the chat as well um although saying that you could have that on pre-recorded as well like when i used to do skype recording for sparkles for the facebook page we had like four people on i think we had like six on at one point i think it just depends on that one um but saying that researching the time so platform talks is always sunday at eight o'clock that's the thing i usually do sparkles interviews on a friday sometimes a saturday daytime depending there's one next month that's on a thursday like oof. and that's because p's away for a week so I'm like, oh, I could do, I could do a weekday. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you see like, um, for example, uh, Pageantland, they do their interviews at seven o'clock on a Tuesday for Queen Tables. So that's always Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, and then I know they have like, I say limited edition series, um, limited series <laughs> of like, um, I think the Miss Universe GB contestants are next. Um, so they have like a pageant. And so those times will go everywhere. Um, so if you are thinking of having a regular time, look at in the pageant industry, in the pageant world, because like your life won't affect someone who's not like into pageants. But if there's, oh, like shout out queen, Sunday is usually Sunday at seven. And that's why I chose eight o'clock when I originally did it. 
um, you know, I was like, right, okay, there's already something at seven, let's do eight, um, you know, not too late, um, on a Sunday, not too early, would I like it earlier? Yes, I would, (laughs) um, I would like it earlier, however, it is what it is, and I don't want to step on anyone else's toes, and also, I don't like the clash, and also, I want to watch them, I want to watch these episodes, so why would I put myself out, (laughs) why would I do that? Um, so always look at times, especially if you're planning just random lives as well, look at times. If you are publishing videos where they are pre-recorded, timing doesn't really matter when you record, like when you upload it, because it's something to watch later. It's not, it's not interactive. Um, so the same with, let's talk about campaigns now. So if you're creating a campaign, see if anyone else is collecting. Now, there is going to be times where you will all be collecting the same thing, Easter. You're all going to be collecting Easter eggs. Um, it's a given. Um, and maybe people aren't doing stuff for Halloween with the collection stuff for, you know, sweets for like local children. Christmas time, it will be hamper food. So Christmas food. Um, it will be, um, advent calendars, selection boxes, toiletries. Like those are the big things that will always be collected. So if that is the case, like it's fine. (laughs) It literally is. I remember at Chloe's Level Up Brunch, which she's planning the next one, um, which I'm excited to do. Um, I just hope I can do it because life is getting busy. But that'll be really exciting. Um, always love a good brunch when it comes to training, um, especially with the lovely Beth as well um, from Queen Bee because she did the walk one and I couldn't watch it because I was doing the interview at the same time. Um but this, but next time, I'll be there involved. I love it. Love seeing how others work. Um, but on, and obviously, because I don't do walk coaching, well, to select a few, because I don't do walk coaching, I don't think it's like a conflict of interest at all. Because um, I know that some people can get really funny um, about that. But anyways, so <laughs> going back to collections. Um, yeah, you're gonna have the similar things. It's it's always gonna be that way. Um, it's you know location. I always think as well when you do these collections to not get disheartened if you don't get as many items as others. Because for one, it's like how active that person is. So if they're going to different events, they are more likely to be able to collect items. Whereas if you're not going to as many events, you're not gonna get as many items because not everyone can post or do an Amazon wish list. Especially as like when I do the toiletry collection for the winter. I don't do an Amazon wish list because it's so expensive on Amazon to buy um toiletries. Some well, some toiletries like toothpaste and toothbrushes and you know shower gels, yeah, usually quite cheap. However, like sanitary items, over expensive, ridiculous. Um so that's why I don't do a wish list. Um and I will collect as many events as I can. But if you are collecting, um, like, for timing and stuff, so how long are you going to, like, this is when you research, like, what's already been done in pageantry? Collection-wise, like, you can't really escape much with what items you're collecting. If you're collecting for, you know, the hospital, you're going to be collecting certain items. If you're collecting for local businesses, local schools. Um, like, there's going to be a select criteria. So... It's just researching of where it's going to go for a start, when you could do it, when is the best time of the year to do these collections. So, for example, um, collecting 
items for schools, like school uniform, like if you're collecting used uniform. Although some schools, I know at Penelope School, they have, I think they got it this, they got it this Friday actually, um, they have like a, like a nearly used, a nearly, nearly new, a nearly new sale. And it's basically like items of uniform that children have grown out of and you can get them for pennies. Um, which, you know, is good, especially for like branded uniform because, you know, you can go into Asda and get some really good, like cheap stuff, but branded <laughs> with the school logo can set you back about 15 to 20 quid per item, especially when they're younger, they're growing a lot. Um, they grow, they grow so much. I need to get new trainers, new everything. <sighs> Having children is expensive and competing in pageantry. I've picked two things. <laughs> um, Anyway, going on to that, um, so you wouldn't be, like I said, sometimes they do it every part of the year, but most people will start looking for uniform, depending on where you are, because I know obviously Scotland um, break up earlier and go back to school earlier, um, so maybe like June, if you're going to do that, you would do a donation in June or July. Or advertise it enough so people have the opportunity to get a uniform by the end of August when they start. Or, like, in England, when they start in September. Um, you're not going to start the collection in September because most people have already got their school uniform and are going to school already. Um, so thinking about that timing, the same with, obviously, donating chocolate <laughs> Easter. You're not going to donate it afterwards, are you? You're going to start that collection. I always think for a collection, the prime time is like a couple of months beforehand. You know, I've done really quick collections at Galaxy. Um, it was Galaxy, yeah. At Galaxy, I did the um, notebook collection um, for the trans group who were looking for um, lots of additional things. Um, and I will do another collection for them. I definitely have um, definitely have the idea to do that. And I say that, it's literally just come to my head now of when I'm going to plan that, <laughs> when I can plan to donate. Um, but yeah, with that, um, you want to make sure you have a couple of months so you can able to get enough items. And also for allow people, because if you release a campaign, let's say in the middle of the month, everyone's paydays are different, but usually people are paid at the start of the month or the end of the month. Um, you know, sometimes they're fun. I get paid on 25, so <laughs> it's a random time. It's fun. Um, but with that, it gives enough time and also gives, you know, a couple of months so people can get the items. Um, if you have an ongoing collection, then yeah, that's cool. Um, so then that's just items, you know, constantly coming in. Um, but once again, collections, think of a name, think of where you're going to go to, um, and try not to step on too many toes. Um, however, pageant girls are very charitable and especially if you're in different areas, it's not really much of a faction. If we're in the same area, um, it makes sense to like team up together. Um, you know, me and Jade always do our collections together if we're doing stuff like, which we did for the Christmas box we did for the hospital and Easter eggs went in together. Bam. <laughs> Done. Um, anyway though, so we've gone on, we've talked about podcasts and, um, Insta series and projects and platforms. So making sure that you're not directly copying with the name, making sure it's about you and obviously making sure that you can follow through on some of the stuff you're doing because, there's nothing worse than, well, there's obviously lots worse, but 
in this note, it's nothing worse than starting something and then it just like lays dormant there for ages. Like so many girls have such amazing ideas and then the pageant finishes and that's where it finishes, isn't it? Um, Because I always did say that the platform talks would stop um, when I finished competing only because <laughs> I would then bring that element into Sparkles interviews, but it will continue for a couple of years. It will. And the Queen Chats will be back. Um, I just need to find time for it. Because that's the most important part, it's time. But researching into other pageant things now. So pageant um, dresses, pageant outfits, um, dressmakers. I think that one's really important. Um, reputation is, is really important as well. And asking, because I had this with, um, I had two outfits designed um, by a designer. And both times were really, were not, my measurements um the first time was was fine I had to get the zip replaced because the zip broke before it was even on me that I that was not nice um as well as um the the material just sat really weird and like took too much off I had to put it on it was it was an adventure but it was a really cute fashion way it worked um I miss it, but I wouldn't be able to do it again. I don't think I'd be able to fit into it. I think my back's got wider. Um, and then the second one was just awful. It was too long. It was unflattering and shapely. It just wasn't what I had designed because obviously I designed it. Um, yeah, and having that experience means I will then tell others, especially for women who are plus size, that that's not designed for them. But then people were like, oh, I had a really good experience. And this is one of my bugbears when it comes to pageantry with plus size versus, in brackets, normal size, not brackets, air quotations, because it's, you know, we're all different sizes, um, <laughs> but there is a difference, doesn't matter with any brand as well, any brand that has a plus size brand, some are really good, some of their plus size brands are awful, they're shapeless, they're, you know, off the shoulder, cold shoulders that's what it's called florals like wow great re-initiative really you know it's the same with dresses I want to go out of my comfort zone next year and go for a f like a body fitting gown maybe a split I've never had a split on stage um although my handover gown does have a split in well my second handover gown does um yeah like it's just a very frustrating um especially if you haven't had it before I mean, you can go into a shop and you've got your size, but then obviously even a normal-sized person, you know, different body types, you know, I'm a pear shape, so even if I was a size 12, I would still need to get a bigger size on my bottom and I have to get some adjustments to the waist. Um, but this is why I said research is important because if you are a plus-size woman, you are going to ask a fellow plus-size woman about their outfits you're going to ask where did you get this designed you know who's the best one because there's trust in knowing that they cater to your size there is no point of asking someone who is not that size where do you get your dresses designed because there is not as much horror stories with um the standard size there are still horror stories and that's why it's good to ask around um, if you are going to get your dress designed, obviously you need to make sure you leave enough time, a good two, three months beforehand. Um, and of course, if you are getting it done overseas, don't order in January because then you might be waiting longer because of the Chinese New Year. Um, but the same going into dress stores as well. 
dress stores is really important by asking other people like how and this is the thing as well especially being a plus size woman there are lots of amazing there are lots of amazing dress boutiques and pageantry are there enough of the um plus size dresses in there no not at all i was very pleasantly surprised when i went to the dress studio um i was really sad when i thought i was thinking oh my god i'm not gonna be able to try anything on i've had that before and i went to another boutique um i had literally like three or four dresses i could try on and that was it and it was either uh, because i am in a plus size term like a sample size for plus size a 20 is a sample um for some brands um but then obviously there's a scale you want to make sure that you're catering to up to uk 30 for most brands i haven't had the best experiences at most shops because i can only try like there are some shops i can go into and not be able to fit into any gowns because they only stock up to an 18 and i see them advertised i'm like i can't fit into these it's not fair i'm not gonna use your brand if you're not and this is why research is important because if i was like wow that's owned by a pageant girl um or that's run by a pageant thing i'm gonna go in there and i know that they're gonna cater to me because you know they um brand themselves as inclusive and then you go in there or <laughs> not it's like responses and this is the reason why I, we actually do um hopefully we'll go up to 30 30 up to 100 <laughs> i think i've got 20 left um we do have a google form at the moment um so if you are listening still and you want to add in about representation in pageantry um oh 81 responses there we go uh would you have a current study going on um and some of the stuff that is actually not very nice um so we will be publishing those results soon but yeah, research is really important. I know that I can recommend, to, um, like, for example, I can definitely recommend the dress you do because I got to try on at least 10 dresses and there were still dresses for me to try on. <laughs> there were still things in. Um, and that's great. That's what I want, you know? That's what I need. Um, and that's what you need when you're researching. The same as you need to know what brands you can use. This is why we should never gatekeep when people ask about our pageant outfits. I hate girls that do that. I'm always the one that, yeah, I got it from this place. This is the link. I'll send you it. <laughs> um, you know, and that's why even though some of the girlies will come for me for shopping at Sheen, um, it is one of the only size inclusive places that I can shop at. Um, because I can't go into all of the shops in the high street. I can't order all the stuff online. But I do know. If I order from Sheen, they're going to have it my size. I obviously don't agree with the practices, but, you know, when it comes to being able to clothe myself, where do we go from there? Um, but yes, so research. Ask other girls the same size as you. Ask around on pageant groups. That's what they're there for. Ask and search. People give you advice. And of course, with this, it's taking every advice with a pinch of salt. Look at what pageants they competed in, their body type, um, skin tone. So, you know, like, I'm not going to advise someone who has a darker complexion to me to get the same nude shoes that I have because that's not going to be their nude, you know? When a pageant requests nude, it means the skin tone of all. Which, of course, is very hard to find for a lot. Um... But yeah, research into that. Research into 
when you are competing we're going to that and pageant businesses um so the pageant sponsor may not be the best person for you and I'm gonna say that right now and I know for some they're like why are you saying that um because there may be sponsors that don't suit your ethnicity there may be sponsors that don't like stock your your size um and there may be sponsors that don't you know that won't be able to have the best fit for you um so (laughs) although they are sponsors and it's great because they're given to your pageant it doesn't mean that you have to use them you know they are there they're providing the winners of things and obviously they can provide you with a great discount that's great you know things like with tan great for myself maybe not so great for someone who has a darker complexion of course uh tanning can be used for all skins um obviously i have friends who use that um but not everyone feel will feel comfortable with that um so great for me not great for everything else same with you know makeup brands or hair products or things you know, we're learning more and more about this and i can't say too much because i am you know, I'm a white woman, um, so I have access to a lot of different products. Obviously, I'm a plus size woman, though, so that restricts a lot of my like clothing sites. Um, but you know, facial products and hair things. Um, so that's something to think of when you're doing research. If they don't cater for you, what don't don't go and support it really. Um, you don't have to. It's not a given that you have to follow all the sponsors, and it's actually the reason why. We don't sponsor any pageants. Currently, um, <laughs> like, we used to sponsor um, Yummy um, because we, we were part of that system. Um, I decided last year after the, the international finals that I was just going to focus on myself. Um, yeah, I've been with Yummy for five, five years, 2017. You know, I did the social media since 2018. 2017, I was on there as a queen but from 2018 it was exclusively myself and Gian um you know and created all the campaigns created all the amazing videos and like I absolutely loved it but also I need that time for me now and I became a coaching sponsor I think 2019 2019 because I just handed over my queen of queens and I was not actually a yummy queen anymore I was the international queen um so no conflict of interest with that. Um, and I didn't, when I had people contact, I never wanted people to feel like they had to because I was a sponsor. I wanted them to pick me because I was the right person for you, especially with my wealth of knowledge of the system that I've been in for such a long time. Um, but, you know, saying that, that doesn't mean that anyone else wouldn't be the best fit coaching is such a personal experience and we will get to that in a minute but yeah like we sponsored the winners last year obviously we, we sponsored like you know for prepping and training in the up internationals um but I think it was just for me it was dedicating that time like I couldn't do that for everyone um the money for myself the time you know I've just started a degree by then so I was like I I don't have the time and you know, so now I'm just a social media manager of myself. <laughs> um, but and that's why we don't sponsor anyone because there is like a, you know, it's a time, it's a dedication, um, and it's what you get back. We had a pageant who no longer runs anymore, and we sponsored them as a um, I guess I, 
I would think because I'm a coach, it would be a coaching thing, but the contestants would have had a free session beforehand, but you know, how to prep your pageant and then afterwards, because it's really important as a queen to prep your year. We do have good episodes on that. Um, and this is why contracts and, you know, verbal agreements and everything like that is so important to have, um, because as a sponsor, you are, I think you are given to receive. You know, if it's a charity pageant and you're, like, donating things, which I have. I have donated items before. It's a charity pageant. Like, there's no expectation whatsoever with that. Um, But, like, a national pageant, yes. And this is why I said I don't sponsor as well because literally they brought in another coach and then said this is their official coach. And I was like, so what are we doing? Why are we sponsoring? Like, I'd love to sponsor out the goodness of my own heart and I do for charity pageants. Um... But that was not the vibe. So, yeah. We don't sponsor anyone anymore. The only contestants I sponsor is myself. <laughs> um, and some of my friends as well. Um, because I'm in that. I can I can do that. Um, so, in other words, you don't have to use every sponsor. But when you are researching a coach, this is very important as well. I want to talk about this because... There's more coaches now in the UK than there were like five odd years ago. Um, There are people that are still coaching, some that have taken a hiatus, but may coach like some people. Um, You know, I know that one of my friends, she will help others, but she won't do it. If she won't take any money. She's not like an official coach. Um, She'll just use her experience. Um, and there'll be others that advertise it. So, like, like ourselves. But when you're researching a, um, a coach, um, don't pay attention to how many followers they have. Um, and I want to say that is something important because followers don't, does not mean success. Um, it may be in like social media terms and like when it comes to influencing and stuff, but I say that as in I get influence deals and I have less than 2000 on my pageant account. Um, so do with that information as you will. Uh, but when it comes to like coaching, the best coaches don't always have the biggest social media following. Um, it's not needed. Um, and also just because you have a high number, it doesn't mean that that's how many people are coaching with them. That's not, you know, it's just, you know, algorithms, you know, liking things. And it's the reason why I think I did like a like competition at one point, but it's not something I'm going to do. Maybe I'll do like giveaways at some point. And we always do sometimes for different awareness things. Um, we do that in May sometimes and, you know, sometimes we're feeling generous, (laughs) um, However, I think it just encourages people who, like, aren't, I'm trying to say this in a way, well, it's not relatable to my content. I actually had a message from someone who's like, can you follow us back? And it was something to do with a sport. And it's like, I will never play that sport. I will never do that sport. And I will not actively search for that content. I mean, I love some sorts. <laughs> I do. But there are other sports that I don't particularly find interesting. You know, we all have our interests. And, and unfortunately, that's not the one for me. Um, So I don't like the whole, like, oh, like for this, like for that. You know, like, um, Sparkles usually, likes you know, will follow all pageant girls that follow them back. Like, I try and do that. Um, Same as my pageant page, personal page for, um, on my Insta. If you do add it... 
I may accept you to follow it, but I might not follow you back, mainly if I'm following you on two different other accounts. Um, <laughs> I'll see your content. And it actually is a way, like, I'm following some people on some, but not on the others. But I'm like, I still see your stuff. It just depends on what <laughs> platform I'm seeing it on. Um, but yeah, so they may not have the biggest Instagram following. However, they have, you know, a great work ethic. They've got you know, good reviews. Not every pageant coach will have their reviews. Sometimes it's really hard to get testimonials from pageant girls. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard. We went for a stage where we used to get them after every competition and then we just got slack <laughs> a little bit and we have people that tag us in, in their funky posts and comments like that. That in myself is a testimonial. Um, but it's just not advertising it. I think maybe that's something I will like up my game for is like going to more girls like, hey, can you give me a review? <laughs> because testimonials as well, it's not just for the people who like place and win. We do have on the Sparkles Facebook, we have, I need to update it. I haven't updated it, I know. Um, we have a Hall of Fame and that's for everyone who has placed or won an award um, in direct like of our coaching. Because, um, you know, winning person best publicity is great but I didn't help you with that although maybe I helped with some appearances but <laughs> but I didn't help you with that um but you know interview um you know best in interview if you didn't win like that's still like a award we've coached for um so but I would love to feature everyone but not everyone wants to be featured anyway like I'd always ask if you know like because there are some girls who I've only had one session with I'm like I can't I don't like claiming that as a win and I should never claim it as my own anyways because it's not me. I'm just that little extra sparkle. That's the whole thing. A little extra sparkle on it. Um, but yeah, it's just some people might not want to have the whole business out there. Um, and others do. Others will write amazing things. Um, so yeah, I think I'll get the test animals this year. Um, <laughs> just What time? What time do I have? What time do I have? I don't know. But yeah, word of mouth is really important. And honestly, I'm so honoured. And it's such a nice feeling when I get a message and they say, like, I've been recommended by um to you so many times by other people. Like, loads of people have said your name. And I'm just like a local, like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, Because it really does. Like, girls, you pay for my pageants. Um, and for Penelope getting treats. <laughs> and sometimes my electric bill um but, you know like it's like sparkles is like my living money um and it's the reason why I was able to pay for my sponsorship because I did do a, I did start a raffle and then raffles aren't raffling that much anymore are they let's be honest <laughs> they are not um but yeah, so I was like, well, actually, you know what? A lot of people have paid for like packages and stuff. So there we go. There we are. Um, just need to make sure I have enough at the end of all of that. All the fun stuff. Anyways, enough about that. So <laughs> um, when I say about researching for pageant coaches as well, it's good if they have experience in the pageant you're competing in. However, that doesn't mean that they are the right one for you and I say this as someone who has failed galaxy so many times <laughs> yet this year we had two best interviews in galaxy and we had three winners um you know best interview internationals we have had lots of placements and galaxy winners um so 
but just because I haven't won it, it doesn't mean I can't help someone else. Um, I do feel that there should be some experience in years of pageantry. Um, and if not many years, um, qualifications where you've been in a role active. This is why we always bring up the fact that I was a PT. I'll bring it up all the time. You've got to remember, because I had a good five years of coaching people, um, not in a pageant center setting, but in a gym setting, um, you know, so <laughs> I used to do a lot of coaching and teaching groups, jumping around. Oh my gosh, my body cannot, cannot even phantom with that now. But that's experience. I have qualifications in coaching. Like right now, I'm just about to be finishing a qualification in counseling skills, which can be translated into pageantry skills of how I respond to you and how we grow. Because pageant in um like coaching is a very personal choice and this is why um I'll always be against a contract um I know it protects both the client and the coach however it doesn't allow for flexibility like for example if the coach gets booked up and you can't book in in your regular slots unless your contract specifically states that this time is yours and you have that because you can get it written in I assume I don't know, um, you know, or if you don't jam with them, I want people to feel as comfortable as possible, which is why usually on coaching sessions, like, we are in our comfies, you know, bad lighting, <laughs> some, you know, the internet decides to, you know, do its thing, um, and that's because these sessions need to be relaxed, you don't need to dress up for it, I mean, if you want to, like, it's always good, like, if you want to, but, um, yeah, so, it's a whole thing of just making sure it's right for you. So even if you, like, and for me as well, I always say this, I will not be offended if you have a session with me um, and you find out, mm, actually, I'm not really feeling this, um, and you train with something else, you know. I am not a coach to chase you. If you've inquired, and I know this is obviously probably really bad of me, actually, if you've inquired to coach and then I give you my dates and then you never get back to me, uh, but then you've booked him with someone else. I'm not going to be, like, mad. Like, that's not me at all. I just don't feel... It's obviously probably bad business practice. But I don't feel like I want to chase because I don't want to force you into a decision about coaching. Sometimes I do a gentle reminder. Um, Like, if you have booked something, like, oh, we need to put the rest of the sessions. Or, like, is this still something you're interested in? Um, But it, more for that sometimes is, like, I'm getting really booked up. So if you would like that, like, I don't want to put you on anything but you wanted this date and there's only like one slot left um so I think yeah for you research like if someone has a really good reputation but they're really hard to book in sometimes it might be where you book with someone who has more availability or is more flexible to you because flexibility is really important um the same with walking so not just virtual sessions but walking sessions it may be you feel more comfortable with a different coach or maybe you feel comfortable with someone who has you know done the same pageant as you but it doesn't really matter about what pageants because as I said before like there are many pageants um that I have not competed in and I've had winners in I just really like to do my research and I really like to provide the best that I can but that's on me and we talked about this in the red flags episode about the right red flags of pageantry and there's obviously a coaching section in it. A, a good coach will talk to you about all options. You know, it's only when like the advice gets really personalised and 
it, you know, it's turning into a session, but you're not committing as such. Like sometimes that's, you know, it's having the boundaries of that. Um, the same with pageants. When you research a pageant, a good director will give you everything you need to know. It may be where um, you might want to arrange a call to discuss with the director. Um, if a director is really like pushing you off, like sometimes it's just time because obviously directors do have second jobs. Like pageantry is their second job. Some is their first job, which is great. But not everyone has that uh, flexibility. So it might be where you need more freedom. The same with like someone if they want to book a call with me. I'm very rigid on what I have in terms of free time. I'm sat here now chilling because Pisa school. I've got my coursework open and also the ultimate book, <laughs> the ultimate magazine open as well. But I have this time now um, and I will respond to some emails that I have, which I need to do. And I've also got um, a client's plan I need to design up. Um, but that's because I know what time I have. That's how I can schedule it. A random call I can't. And also people working at this time. You're saying that I'm recording this at like midday. <laughs> so you might be on your lunch break. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but with all of that, um, when you're researching a pageant, once again, if you put up a status saying, what pageant should I compete in? Or it's a story like, what should I do next? People who send you um, pageants will have a biased opinion on them. Okay because they have them, or if they're directors they have a biased opinion it's up to you to do your research on their website look at their terms and conditions very important hear feedback because there are some pageants in pageantry that don't have the nicest of feedback on them um i personally wouldn't want to join the pageant with any scandal and um, when it comes to like stolen charity money or you know fat shaming um you know ableism I'm not a fan of that or homophobic their rules are transphobic like these are personal choices that I make so when I research I'm like okay this is what happens with this this is what I can fit in this works with me this works with my um morals my values um it's not just because I want to win a title so this is why we see the red flags of directors that message you they have a biased opinion um and this is why it's good to not only discuss it with the director, though. So if you can get on a call, if you can do it by email um, to get a bit more information of what is expected. Talk to past queens and current queens. Current queens will have more of a bias, but past queens will have a bit more freedom to talk about it. Um, and talk to coaches. Um, you know, if you were to inbox me, I would discuss with you probably either through voice note or through text because I am a millennial. If it's on my time off, I will not be doing phone calls. If I have time for a phone call, I will. Um, as I said, for one girl, I spent an hour and a half on a video call with her um, talking about her options. I wasn't paid for. Um, talking about what pageant they like to do. And then it's discussing, you know, like writing a list, pro and cons of everything. Um, I will tell you a non-biased opinion based on well, a bias is slightly biased only because of the knowledge I have of some systems. Um, because when you've been in pageants a long time, you kind of know the team on some systems. Um, but with that, it's knowing that it suits you with affordability. So, can you afford the pageant to compete in? Like, if you have a budget, um, if you don't want to do anything too big, um, affordability, um, 
time. Can you dedicate some amount of time to this pageant? Do you enter international or national? Um, what are you looking for in a system? You know, those are like the biggest things to have. Um, because if for affordability, you're not going to go to a pageant that goes to internationals, um, which like half the travel wasn't covered. Um, although you love the system, there's no guarantee that you're going to go to internationals. Um, and you should always be <laughs> prepared for that. Never enter a pageant unless you can financially cover all of it. Um, I say that now as I've paid this whole show. I'm like, oh, I can't think of, I've got plans. So anyone who wants to sponsor me, please do. No, that's not the best way to do it at all. But if you do, no. Um, But research is so important because you don't want to put that money down and then realise that you can't afford the rest of it. Um, or there are hidden entries, like hidden fees in there, um, you know, or you like, you have to be in this certain place and then that costs more and, um, you know, pageants are a hobby, <laughs> although pageants are my business and my work and my life, um, <laughs> they are still a hobby for most. So I don't, you shouldn't be making yourself destitute just to win a pageant if you need to stay in a hotel that's a little bit further but like 60 pound cheaper yes I always think these pageants for like a day pageant um like for me I will I chose the host hotel last year and this year for UK's National Miss because on the first day you're literally like changing four times (laughs) so I don't want to be traveling and then doing that um you know, if you can't stay in the host hotel, ta- like, ask another pageant girl. Like, I would open up my pageant room, not my pageant room, my hotel room, for anyone who needs to, like, quickly change or anything or store something in there. Um, You know, there is some trust, but you can't trust everyone because, you know, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, someone stored this and then like, I get accused of something Um, when I'm just chilling wherever I am in the hotel. I don't know. <laughs> pageant days are, are fun days. Um, but yeah, like, it's not a requirement, someone can't force you, the same as, like, no one can force you to raise a certain amount for charity, unless you've entered a pageant that says a maximum, a minimum donation is this, so, like, some charity pageants will have minimum donation of £20, that's doable, isn't it, it should be, if there's a minimum donation of 100 it changes the game a little bit, don't put yourself down if that's it, some pageants used to have a minimum of 50 I think... There's one pageant where I didn't donate that, but nothing was said <clears throat> because I was like a last minute entry. So maybe that's why. Um, I don't think pageants should have minimum donations. I don't think you should be paying extra for things that you do on the day anyway. So like oh, for extra awards, um, unless they're optionals. If they're optionals, yes. I love optionals and I will compete in a pageant one day that has optionals. It's just so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> so much fun. Um, but I'm not paying for a best in interview certificate. Unless I win it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for best in fashion wear when, when I did fashion wear. You know, if it's casual wear, yeah, that's an additional award. National wear for some pageants are additional awards. Spokesmodels, additional awards. Beauty Supreme, additional. That, yeah, that's standard. Um, so when you research... Website, terms and conditions. 
because you have this and people are saying I didn't realize that this was the case like for example if you've done any glamour modeling there are some systems which you won't be able to compete in um you know it just states it there not shame you for it because girl we're all gonna get our own money and if it's something that you do you do but it does restrict what pageants you can compete in you know if that's where you want to go you just need to look into and sometimes it's just disclosing it to the director if there's something that you think might affect it um you know like for example there was a news article that we did which I asked my director at the time permission for it's basically a body confidence um shoot um like in I think it was a daily mirror I'm not too sure it's such a long time ago um and yeah we um were in underwear but we were covering like the bits it wasn't it wasn't sexy or anything at all um the same with my maternity picture actually I was like I'm wearing clothes in this but obviously because it's black and white it doesn't look like it like I was like can I post this can I not like <clears throat> and I wasn't allowed to <laughs> wasn't allowed to post it um I did post it like like three years later um when I wasn't <laughs> Oh gosh, but like that's not that's the pageant rulings. It's not like for me. I'm like, yeah, well, go get it, girl. But that's pageant rulings, especially internationals. There will be stricter rulings, and that's why you should research because if you're not the type of person to follow the rules, the consequences will come later. And as someone who like I respect the rules, sometimes I will challenge the rules, but I know at the end of the day that they're there for a reason um you know some I might not agree with but you know it's it's there for a reason um you can challenge them but if you're if you're competing a system where you have to keep challenging it why did you choose that system that's the biggest question for me um so to conclude on this really long thing about research make sure when you're researching your pageant journey to research all aspects so not just the pageant itself um the coaching if you're going to coach that campaign ideas platforms you know products it's a whole thing you don't want to keep you don't want to put something out that someone else has the exact same thing you need to make it personal and you need to make it you because no one wants like the same thing like rehashed over and over again like the confidence campaigns we don't need them please i've seen so many of the same things over and over again and this is what happens with campaigns and why it's like you don't need to do a million campaigns when you start pageants it depends on what you want i've done a few campaigns through what i have in pageantry but i make sure it's to the theme of what the day is um and it's something a bit different that's why like the denim day was a different thing because it was more video content rather than a photo of jeans but which is nothing wrong with that because i've done that many times i just want to do something different so <laughs> i was like right let's do this, let's read, let's, let's write, say read a poem, let's write a poem and read it, and have this, that's a little bit of a take on, um, but when you are competing in pageants, there will be conflicts of interest with so many other people, there will be people that have similar platforms, similar campaigns, similar interviews to you, um, what makes you unique is what you put into it, okay, like, Especially if you're using Canva as well. There's so many, there's only so many tem- templates you can use. Um, so research, research is really important. Make sure that if you're making claims, you can back them up. Um, and just, 
yeah, in, enjoy the pageant journey. There's so many, like, conflicting evidence sometimes, isn't there? Advice, even. <laughs> I've, I've been writing too much on this paper. Um, too much, yeah. It's asking the people who you feel you can trust, um, researching and reading. It's the same with, like, the handbook. Like, I always claim it is the first in the UK, and I will stick by that because I'm not sure if there's any, like, official book that has been done like advice book but it's not the first of its kind there are loads in america i literally have loads of my thing which i have actually read through most of them but they look pretty to look at <laughs> they look pretty to look at um but yes no if you're starting a project or um creating a platform name make sure it hasn't been done before make sure it's unique to you make sure that you gel with it because there's no point of having something that's connected to you that you're not really that fussed about. So thank you if you have got this far into the podcast. I had an ASOS delivery through hand. I'm not actually sure what my machine delivery is. Um, I've got my dress in for this weekend. <laughs> so who knows with that? Um, but thank you so much. We do have a few things that will be happening. Um, we have our panel interviews uh, and I might actually add another panel interview if you would like that. I put some dates but people are a bit unsure and I love you all but like when people were voting for polls but they have no intention of doing it, it breaks my heart because I'm like yeah I'm going to organise this time then no one wants to do it. I'm like uh, where? How? Um, <laughs> but I know it's like engagement and stuff I guess that, that helps but like if I'm doing like courses I want to make sure that people are on them. Um, but yes, so the pageant magazine, the awesome pageant magazine will come out on the 1st of June. Hopefully, it's nearly finished now. We're waiting for just a few submissions and just to make sure we credit all the photographers um, and get all the bits together. Um, so super excited about that. Because um, we have director's interviews. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I need to get them on the podcast tonight. So... That's what we need to do us next. Invite people on. Um, but yeah, we have panel interviews and we've done them for charity. We've reached our fundraising target. So I don't know if I did that in the last one. Um, but yeah, we've reached £1,000. Super excited about that. Maybe adding another panel interview in. Um, just to see if I can get judges for that. So I want to make sure I get it in before, um, like, before the finals in June and July and August so many um <laughs> so many coming up um but yeah i will also be going live this friday the 12th at 9 p.m that's british standard time on the sparkles and rhinestones uk instagram i feel like it's been a really long time since i've just done a live where i'm not interviewing someone so i think i'm going to do a live and discuss um about the panel interviews about the podcast about the handbook about all the stuff that we um see all the stuff we have upcoming um <laughs> it's not actually much apart from the handover and coaching um but you know discussing different aspects of coaching what we do um any other questions of course we will have some stuff we definitely have things planned in january of next year um january and february i think start of february um that's definitely a plan uh, i just need to get a date <laughs> um but thank you for listening if you have any ideas for the podcast please message them across um but have an amazing week everyone